Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. My name is Mike Perry. It, it's has it's been the entire time. Um, and I'm here with uh, the man, the myth, Brett Jones, whom I'm going to see in person pretty soon because you're going to be coming up to Boston uh, to do a top secret training, uh, top secret training, but also a top secret uh, product, let's just say. The... The upcoming Mind the Gap product filming. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. Can't wait to spend some time, drink some delicious Julius. Oh, uh, yes. The new treehouse is literally 25 minutes from the gym, maybe 20 <laughs> if we speed. We won't speed on the way home because that would be irresponsible. That and if we did have if we did have too many, we would get an Uber because we are responsible people. That's what we do. 100%. Seriously, we, uh, we do believe that. But anyways, we're not talking about this weekend. Well, well, we will be because that's what we're going to do, but we're talking about density and, and we're going to be talking about density uh, when it refers to training. But Brett, what is your definition? The Brett Jones definition of density. So, uh, you know, when we talk about programming from a strong first standpoint, um, intensity, volume, and density are the three main variables that we're talking about. So whether people realized it or not over the last, uh, the two previous podcasts covered the intensity and volume sections. And now we're talking about density and density is essentially how much work you do in a given period of time. And um, that sounds very simplistic and it should be, uh, but this is where we start manipulating work rest ratios. This is where um, we, we need to, you know, define what we're doing from a density standpoint, because if I'm on a strength protocol, my density is going to be different than if I'm on a conditioning protocol. Um, and, you know, some of these lines get blurry because we start talking about, uh, you know, kettlebell ballistics or iron cardio. And now we start blurring the lines and looking at uh, looking at density in, in, a, in a couple of different ways. But 30,000 foot view, um, how much work you performed in a given period of time. And that could be sets, reps. However, however you want to, you know, track that. That's all you got. That's, that's it. That's, that's nothing more like fancy than just that. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, thank you for today. Please share with Great. your friends. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for showing up. Um, all right. So, I mean, yes, it is, it is, uh, it is a very simple, um, sort of description or definition, but, um, Here's the thing, the way that you program something, let's use a minute, for example, we have one minute of time. You can do a lot of things within that minute and your work to rest ratios and your exercise selection will dictate what your desired, your desired outcome is going to be. So if we're doing a and a work, right, we're doing five reps every 30 seconds. You know, you get, you get 10 reps in a minute. That's some awesome a and a work, but if you do 30 seconds, of straight swings, you're, you're getting glycolytic, but it's still within that minute. 
So you're changing the density and the time. So again, this is why it's so important to look at everything because it's going to matter. Look at like body weight, right? With, you know, if you do a minute of pushups, it's very different than doing five pushups on the minute. So that's why understanding the complexity and all the variables of density is so important because the implement that you're using or the modality that you're using paired with the sort of duration and the uh, work to rest times is going to all have an impact on the desired outcome. And that's what people don't understand. Five seconds is not created equal. Five seconds of pushups, five seconds of sprinting, five seconds of swings will elicit a different response. So you, ha you can't program the same way. And that's why we have to talk about this stuff. Sorry, I'm getting all fired up right now. I've had like 15 coffees. It's beautiful. Um, I like it when you get fired up. So let's go strength programming. So typically, uh, we're if we're thinking, um, you know, general recommendations are going to be three to five sets of three to five reps. Now, we're still going to recommend a minimum of three minutes of rest uh, between those sets and upwards of five minutes of rest. And when I was powerlifting and I was squatting heavy, that could be eight to 10 minutes of rest uh, in between sets. So, but let's just ballpark three to five sets, three to five reps, three to five minutes of, of rest. So, you know, take a five by five protocol where you're resting five minutes in between. You're resting for 25 minutes out of that, that time frame. So, you know, uh, ever how long it takes you to get set on the bench and do the set, you know, you could be done in 30 to 35 minutes but you're resting for 25 minutes or more of that time frame, So that's not a density situation that we really want to change. Our recovery and how we're approaching strength work is really important because if you're training, if you're hitting good 80% 1RM 5 by 5 you want rest. You do not want to be rushing to the next, uh, the next set. And there's a lot of different things that we could talk about here from a velocity-based training standpoint and um, different work rest ratios. Um, a protocol that I found and that I've used to help a couple of people get to their SFL bench press numbers um, and squat, what was it? Something else, uh, some other lift. Um, but definitely two people with the, uh, with the bench was a six sets of four. Um, and you're doing a set every two minutes, uh, but you're doing like 80 uh, 75 or 80%, um, one RM and what they did in the, in the, in the protocol. And we could, we'll, we'll see if we can find this and we'll put it on the, uh, on the show notes or, or, uh, or whatever. Uh, but you know, they contrasted that. So what they did was they created two, um, parallel sessions as far as number of reps, uh, number and, and, uh, the total time needed to complete uh, the, the workout. So I think it was, uh, three sets of eight versus, uh, six sets of four. Um, and, uh, same percent one RM. Uh, the only thing that changed was the, they, they manipulated the density. They changed the rest periods and they changed the, the number of uh, sets and reps, um, way better results on the six sets of four every two minutes, uh, protocol. Um, so yes, general recommendations, three to five sets, three to five reps, three to five minutes of rest. Um, that keeps everything nice and simple. But I really like the six, six sets of four uh, every two minutes protocol 
uh, because now my efficiency goes up. I can accomplish uh, a little bit more work in in that time frame, um, good quality reps, but not have to take 30 minutes to get my five sets in. Yeah. And and now let's talk about what this looks like in real life, because uh, three to five sets, three to five minutes, that is sort of the optimal set rep recovery. But if you're training someone for one hour, you have to get really creative on how you manipulate all of these different variables to get your desired outcome. Because we know, yes, if you can have that five minutes of rest, it's huge. But you know, what do you do during that other time that you can still get rest, but also accomplish other things? Because that's important as well. I mean, you know, I would love if 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 uh, if we could just say, yeah, just do your exercise and then do nothing for five minutes. That 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 doesn't fly in a real world setting with people. So I think the the thing we have to understand is when you look at these optimal templates, like like Brett was saying, this is what most people would say is correct. We also have to look at what's realistic within the training situation, right? If you're working out at, you know, get in shape for women, you're not going to be following this template. You're going to be following something different. And uh, it, it really depends on the scenario. If you're at the gym and you can dedicate, you know, an hour and a half to, to lifting, which means you're actually dedicating more time to resting than lifting. There's nothing wrong with that, but it just, that's what it takes to do things optimally. You're going to spend a lot more time resting than you are lifting. And that's why strength takes patience, but also that's why it's important to understand other ways like manipulating density so we can get the same thing done, but not have to spend the majority of our time resting. And uh, Chad Waterbury and some other folks have done some really, really good work on this. And and what you plug into that five minutes, six minutes of rest is you plug in a non-competing exercise. Mm-hmm. So two two and a half minutes into your into your rest time frame um you're going to let's say we're doing bench um so you plug in either a row or a lower body exercise let's say you're plugging in some single leg deadlift um in between so non-competing or something that could be assisted you knock out your set you have another two two and a half minutes of rest you repeat the target exercise. Um, and this way your, your rest time frames are, um, you're, you're using them. And I, but I think it's important, um, not to fall down the rabbit hole in that situation of, of what, uh, Mark Verstegen would call intertraining, entertaining while you train. Um, one of the things you need to get your students to understand is you need to rest. Rest is okay. Um, Alexei Bordas, uh, talked at the TOS meeting in, in, uh, Phoenix about how, um, you know, he was, uh, he had introduced the, the ANA kind of on the minute protocols. And he initially thought, man, my students are going to hate this because we're going to work for 10 seconds. We're going to stand around for 50. They love it. They love it. It's they, they actually, they talk. They do fast and loose drills. They, you know, it's, it's, and as soon when he takes them off of the protocol and they do something else for a little while, they all come back and say, Hey, can, can we go back to that on the minute thing? Yeah. I, I really, I really enjoyed that. So sometimes we uh, project ahead and say, well, nobody's going to rest for five minutes. So I, I know I need to do something different with this. Nobody's going to want to rest for 50 seconds, do five reps at the top of the minute. Hold your horses. They might just love it. <laughs> yeah. So, and, yeah. and there's other things you can plug into that rest time frame as well. 
there's fast and loose drills. There's a little bit of mobility work. There's, you know, there, there's a lot of different things that can happen there. Um, so yeah, the, the, the density and, and the timeframes, um, you can do the alternating exercises and, and, and break up that rest period in, in a different way, or you can give the person a chance to actually enjoy the rest yeah. and, uh, they might just and, like it. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't saying we shouldn't do that. Right. I was simply saying that if you are in a personal training session, you have to be realistic with how you program and how much you can fit within an hour, because, you know, a lot of people would have a tough time following that, that methodology. If they're paying for an hour with a coach, that's just the reality of it. Not yep. some people are cool with it and it is what it is, but you know, I think it's important to understand, uh, sort of, you know, the, the environment in which we're talking about, if I'm working with a, a fat loss person, it's going to be very, very different. If, if working with my fighters who are here for an hour and 45 minutes, then yeah, we can do that because they want to chat and catch up, but they I'm, I'm cool with letting them rest. So I think the, the environment and the, the individuals that you're working with is going to dictate how you can program density. Because like you said, you know, it's, you're going to find the optimal way for that group. And if that yields the best result, do it that way. hundred percent. And so now that's pure strength work. And if we go back to like the anatomy of a training session <clears throat> podcast that we did, where we talked about the warm up or movement prep and the power work or uh, speed work, and then strength work, and then some sort of metabolic uh, conditioning and, and uh, conditioning work at the end, however you want to uh, refer to it. Um, you know, that can be, that's going to look a little different for some, some people. Um, you're going to have some individuals you're working with that you're not doing power and speed work. Mm -hmm. You're doing movement prep, you're doing some strength work, and then you're getting into a, a little bit of conditioning, uh, work. And so there, you know, this will look different depending on the individual that we're, that we're putting it on. But, um, so, but from a strength standpoint, um, the ballpark figures are, three to five, three to five, three to five. Um, but there's some different protocols out there. Like I said, that's six sets of four um, versus three sets of eight. And that actually lines up with a lot of velocity-based research where halving the reps, and that's why the general guidelines coming out of with Pavel and Plan Strong, Fabio, um, one third to two thirds of your repetition max. So if you can do 10 reps or make it, make round numbers, 12 reps, you know, you're going to be operating between, you know, three to nine sets of three to nine reps. Five reps is still kind of in a, in a sweet spot there. So, um, you know, but don't short your rest periods unless you know what you're doing. When you look at a lot of bodybuilding protocols and hypertrophy protocols, they're going to start saying, well, you need to do, a, you know, you're doing a minute, minute and a half rest because you want to keep that metabolic stress high. Uh, we want a little more maybe mechanical damage. We want a little more metabolic stress because we're, we're shooting for some hypertrophy. Um, for strength work, uh, you know, follow those protocols. Um, for hypertrophy, we can have a kind of a different conversation as far as that goes. Um, one of the strength sessions that I think maybe gets confusing for folks um, are ladders uh, very or fighter pull-up program. Um, and ascending versus descending ladders. And we can do a whole separate podcast on, on that and why, why we choose those. But uh, let's take just a classic military press, um, uh, rite of passage sort of uh, press ladder. One right, one left, set it down, shake it off, two, two. You know, you're, you're trying to hit your ladder up to five if you're doing your high volume day. 
Um, and then how long you rest before the next, you start into the next ladder. A lot of people, when they first get into ladders, they just assume no rest, right? They'll do one right, one left, two right, two left, three right, three right. You know, like, man. It's ca- becomes cardio. Cardio. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I love it. Um, Park the car and Harvard Yard. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's someplace where density gets abused. Rest gets abused. So um, your experience with ladders and fighter pull-up program with people, Dr. Perry? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I don't, I don't use any of that stuff. Um, it, it does not work. No, why would, why I mean, honestly, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, let's just say I've, I've gotten a little obsessive about some of the algorithms that have been used. Um, you know, once I go down that rabbit hole of, of programming numbers and developing things and looking at pattern-based stuff, I, I, I tend to go a little bit crazy, but yes, I, uh, I have some, some ways to look at that for sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, they work for sure, but, uh, you can also destroy your body really quickly, um, Especially again, I, I think I think a big part of it though is is I think a lot of people misapply it because they don't know what they don't know. And and I think that's important why talking about the rest is really, really key there because same program, identical program, you know, with proper rest versus just zipping through. It's not that one's bad and one is good. It's just what adaptation are you looking for? Like you said, if you're not resting, you're just getting to the point where it's basically bodybuilding. And you're just ripping to the point where you're just getting the burn. Um, and if that's your goal, cool. But, you know, I would argue that maybe ladders then aren't the best way. But I, I think a big part of it is just simply having the discussion is like, what is your adaptation? What are you looking to do? And and then going from there, because again, it's the it's it's just a misapplication is where people get into trouble. Well, and it's when density becomes high intensity, uh, which is which is I like not that. Really, I like that. Write that, that is, down. Uh, hang on. Okay. I, I just, I did too. <laughs> um, so yeah, we don't, now where can density become high intensity if we're doing some glycolytic repeats and we're trying to peak for something? Yes. There are times where density and, and high intensity uh, go along. However, that's short periods of time. Uh, those are purposeful. It's not every training session. Right. Um, and so the the where ladders uh, in particular go wrong for people is is that it, it's almost like an excuse. It's a it's permission to abuse uh, the rest uh, time frames. And I think in the in the original uh, Enter the Kettlebell book, uh, you know, Pavel recommended about how long the previous set took you is the shortest time frame that you should rest. So will could you potentially rest a little bit less between your sets of one and sets of two, your first two rungs of the ladder? Sure. Um, but that'll eventually catch up with you as well. Um, so, and then, you know, body weight training, uh, if you're, if you're approaching it from a strength standpoint, and let's say you're doing heavier pistols or one arm push-ups or you're working weighted pull-ups three to five, three to five, three to five, uh, still applies. And, uh, you don't need to, you know, abuse that uh, rest periods, uh, even if you're you're looking at that density. Uh, I would metric. argue with the, I would, after doing boatloads of pistols and one arm pushups and a lot of dumb stuff, I would argue with fives. I would argue that fives for a lot of that stuff, for, for some people, mm-hmm. you have to dose it right with the five reps on one arm 
one leg pushups and pistols, because, uh, for a lot of people it's, it becomes a capacity issue and not a strength issue. Right. And, and, yeah. you know, that's why, you know, wavering the load and stuff like that is so more, so much more important to think about with the inherently higher tension type movements, because they're, it's a lot higher. It's a lot harder to manipulate the load on the nervous system because you're not dealing with different weights per se. Yep. And uh, this this is where ace artificially controlling the environment and uh, you know throw pull ups into the mix and now we got to really worry about elbows and and uh, you know th there's a lot of different uh, factors that get involved there but uh, the, those are calisthenics type moves where we might be talking about a regular push up where we might get into higher repetitions this is another area where density you know definitely gets abused um, and rest periods get short and people start you know looking for their um, there are 500 push-ups, and you know whatever the case may be. Um, so, um, so if we move a little bit beyond the uh, strength aspect, and we start talking about a little bit more conditioning, this is where a lot of people uh, maybe get a little more comfortable with the idea of density, because now we start saying, okay, we're going to do, you know, 30 seconds of work, three minutes rest, um, which is a, a repeat sprint ability. Uh, protocol coming out of rugby um, that uh, you know has some good research and good good legs behind it. That's a <laughs> legs. I I, I I see. We should film this because it's just a, the like. How many times have you done the in a nutshell thing that no one even knows what that means? Hell, I'm in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> they should watch. Uh, so I married an axe murder. Uh, um, gosh, so this is ridiculous. <laughs> So I, I think density starts making a lot more sense uh, for folks once you start getting into the the conditioning protocols and um, you know if you and you should read kettlebell axe and you know in an ideal world kettlebell axe would have come out first and I, I think if you go read kettlebell axe and then you go back and read quick in the dead I think things are going to sit on a on a good foundation yeah. but um, you know we we want a little bit of metabolic stress we want to be able to clear it and recover from it. And so, you know, if we're, if we're getting into uh, five at the top of the minute, um, which I'm having a lot of fun with right now and experimenting around with different weights and uh, just kind of realizing that uh, the, the internal volume knob uh, gets adjusted based on how much you can grip the thing that you're holding onto. And I've always known that, uh, but it, it's, it's kind of coming home to roost again, as I go through some of these protocols and I experiment with more hand-to-hand -hand swings versus one arm. But um, so, you know, generic protocols, yeah, 10 seconds on, 50 seconds off, um, 20 seconds on, minute and a half off. Uh, you, you can push those timeframes. Uh, and and the, I think this is where people are comfortable with the idea of density in this, in this standpoint, but again, they abuse it. They start trying to, you know, go AMRAMP uh, as many reps as possible in whatever time frame, uh, and they're just destroying themselves um, and and not getting, you know, good short term results. Not great from a long term perspective. No, not at all. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I think a lot of people with stuff like that they get introduced to it right away because it's it's like let's use CrossFit for an example, right? I mean, that's all high intensity stuff, and and for the longest time the the allure was the fact, the fact that you were smashed all the time. And that was kind of like, uh, like a badge of honor. Right. But, uh, as we get older, we understand that that's not a badge of honor. That's a badge of, in my opinion, uh, suboptimal decision-making when it comes to exercise selection, but, um, it is what it is because I just, I, 
it's just unnecessary. It's really unnecessary, especially when you know that there's much better ways. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there really, there really is, but you know, it's funny you were talking about like, you know, the, the sort of the sets and rep stuff. And, and when we talk about density, you have to realize that, and this is, I, I answered this sort of on a forum, but I, I didn't want to get too in depth because it would have, I don't want to type. I'm going to just be honest. I'm not going to type this. I'm not. But my point is, is that, you know, people are talking about sort of these anti anti-glycolytic stuff and, and, you know, where, where this comes from, um, people don't realize that the traditional, the traditional stuff that we see on a lactic or, you know, a lactic, um, speed or a lactic power, a lactic capacity, you know, all of the other stuff, right. Is, is really from track and field. So you have to understand that the modality matters. And like I said before, not 10 seconds is not created equal. And that's why you have to, you have to understand that when we're doing this, these ANA protocols or stuff like from Axe, it's, um, you know, it's, you're not going to see these templates molded in your traditional anatomy and physiology books, talking about energy system development. How do I know? Cause they're all here to my right. But again, you have to realize where the, originally a lot of the stuff came from was track and field. So you look at like the 400, you know, these guys are doing it with just say 45 seconds. I mean, that is a glycolytic event. 45 seconds of sprinting is hell. It's absolute hell. 45 seconds of swinging a kettlebell is not fun either, but it's different. So that is why the, the total volume, the sets, the reps, the work to, to the work to rest ratios, um, they matter, but they don't <laughs> because you are literally comparing something, uh, that is apples and oranges. It's, it's literally like it, it, you just can't compare them, but what we can do is use those work to rest ratios and use those suggestions and those trends to help us make better decisions along the way. And then we can get into the minutia about that. And, and, you know, those guidelines are there because if you think about sprinting for 30 seconds, as fast as possible, that's probably one of the hardest physical things that you can do. Um, and, and, it, you know, I'm talking max effort sprinting for 30 seconds or whatever, from a neurological standpoint, I would argue that sprinting at the you know highest speed possible is probably one of the hardest things that we can do. So anything underneath that from a conditioning standpoint, I'm not saying it's easier, but, uh, in my opinion, would assumingly be somewhat less taxing. So Absolutely. we have to, we have to really think about again, what the, the research has always sort of said. And then this idea of learning how to accrue volume in a, in a smart and repeatable way, and then knowing when to peak. And that honestly, like that to me sounds like the best way to train for anybody, because you just, you, you get your GPP, 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 three to four weeks of SPP, right? That's kind of what I do with my fighters. That's what people have to do all the time. And, and even for gen pop, you're going along, you're going along, you're being consistent and you got something coming up. You got a vacation or whatever. Cool. Hit it hard for three to four weeks. Just don't be a moron, back it down and just keep on going. And, and, and again, I look at a lot of this stuff and, and it's just, a lot of it is just simply common sense. But there's no PubMed articles on that, right? And that's what people want to see. Yeah, I, I think uh, the the greatest example that we can get into uh, in this vein of things is Tabata, mm -hmm. the infamous Tabata protocol. Oh yeah. Um, you Tabata planks are not the same thing, and I've seen it. I've seen every version of Tabata. 
Tabata squats, Tabata planks, Tabata whatever. Um, it's not Tabata. You can use 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off as your work to rest ratios. Um, it's not the Tabata protocol. I love it. So the Tabata protocol was uh, an ergometer, bike ergometer protocol at uh, 170%. 160 or 170%. I'm trying to look at it right now. Um, um, and I will tell you right now, 99% of people that have ever trained have never hit those numbers. Uh, 100, 160, 170% uh, effort. Um a wattage or what whatever their their metric was on the on the bike um is incredibly hard to hit for 20 seconds and really sucks 10 seconds later to try to try to repeat that um so i get it 20 seconds on 10 seconds off yes it can be used as a glycolytic peak it, it can be part of a peaking protocol but tabata planks are not tabata you're just using 20 seconds on 10 seconds off so the, the you you might think that you're doing the same quote density of work because you're following the same work to rest ratio and you're accomplishing x you're doing x in four minutes which was one of the original I think that was the original time frame um, in in the the protocol um, and this, the study actually had a, a good bit of a dropout rate because um, it freaking hard it was really really tough so. Well, that, that's probably okay. one of the best examples of, of how density work rest ratios got, got misinterpreted, abused, and uh, the public ran with it. Yeah. And actually, you know, to your point, Brett, um, to just quickly discuss sort of, uh, you know, let's talk about like glycolytic work and, and, and really, really that, that metabolic stuff, right? The really nasty stuff. So if you look at the basic suggested templates on, you know, lactic power, right? Um, it's 20 to 40 seconds of, of um, maximal work with three to four minutes rest. You're going to do one to three series, four to six reps. That's kind of what they tell you. Do you understand how bad that sucks and how shitty that feels to do anything remotely like that? You don't. Most people don't. So look, like 30 seconds max effort is terrible. I don't care who you are. If you're putting everything you have into it, it's terrible. And again, I, 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 I don't think people understand how useful and how damaging glycolytic work can be. But you have to know how to dose it because if you just randomly put together, a, if you literally put any client, I don't care who it is. I don't really care who it is and say, go as hard as you can for 30 seconds. They are not going to feel well. So, so you have to understand, like when you decide to put that in, go ahead and do it yourself. You know, I want you to do it. Go ahead, uh, hardo trainer. Here's what I want you to do. Get on an airdyne bike, go as hard as you can for 30 seconds, as hard as humanly possible. I hope you didn't eat breakfast on that day either. Right. And then I want you to rest for two and a half minutes. And I want you to do that two more times. You're going to rest eight minutes and then do it again. Let us know how it feels. No, you, you won't make it through two because that is just dumb. So my point being is like, if you guys are going to talk about using these protocols and talking about energy system development and this and that, and look at, at what the books say, start doing it a little bit and, and understanding that you're, you're dosing some shit that you may be dosing too much. You know, it's, you know, it's like, it's very easy to, to overdo it. Right. You know, 
It's like, if you, if it's your first time having a beer, don't start with 10. All right. <laughs> start with one. No, seriously. It's, you know, it, that, that's my point. I'm not saying you have to do beer intervals and do one beer on the hour, every hour. I'm not saying you have to do that. Oh, that wouldn't be a bad, Never mind. Anyhow, anyhow, Brett, you Any, just anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up. You you go ahead. Sorry, I'm just getting out of control <laughs> right now. No, I, I I think it's uh you know the the application standpoint and um you know taking it beyond the theoretical and and having done some of this stuff uh, yourself. Um, you know, we the here in Pittsburgh there used to be something called the race to any place and uh or race to nowhere whatever it was but it was it was literally like an airdyne uh competition and it was a it was for charity so what you would do is 15 minute blocks so you'd be on the bike for 15 minutes and um you're trying to get max distance uh for your group uh in that um and i mean it's hours long it's like a six hour five hour six hour thing i can't remember because it was so awful i did it twice and then decided i would never <laughs> do that again um but you the goal was get as many people as possible <laughs> on yeah. your team so you only had to do one or maybe two 15 minute intervals but you'd get crazy people that would put together teams of four and they're doing a 15 minute max distance ride uh every hour for hours in a row yeah. and then somebody would drop out now you got three people rotating through 15 minute blocks um it was awful um so another example of uh you know and you know everybody's like all right you know you ride hard for 15 minutes what's so hard about that oh, okay well do it and then come talk to me yeah, because uh, I got myself into a max effort kind of rowing competition as well, mm -hmm. uh, 15 minute all out and accomplishing as many meters as possible on, on your team and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it's uh, it's it, well, until you do it, you don't know how how tiring it is. It's like it's kind of like the snatch test. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Exactly. I remember I used to be like, that was the hardest thing in the world. And after I did it so many times, it was like, no, I just need to know how to prepare for it. That's all. You know, and, and they go from there. But well, and then then you start looking at your cadence and your tempo, right? Mm -hmm. When you're looking at something, and that could be a rowing conversation, that could be a kettlebell snatch competition uh, conversation. Um, and I think rowing and snatching and swinging have a lot more in common than than hundred percent, hundred percent. So your your cadence is like uh, with within b between the reps. How often are those reps happening? So a high cadence effort, and and Derek does a great job of talking about this on the speed metal uh, online course, uh, and Derek knows something about manipulating uh, cadence and and tempo uh, based on the fact that he won the TSC 15, 14, 15 times in a row, and then decided he. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody's chance. gonna. I don't think anybody else is gonna catch. At one point, I thought maybe I was gonna catch him, but that was when I was young, a young buck. Yeah. My, my, I will say my snatches were pretty good for, for being a young guy, but uh, for, for being a lighter guy, but that dude is just, it's, he's, he's, uh, he's a freak. Yeah. He's a unicorn, yeah, um, he is. but, but a lot to learn from how he approaches it and, and how he does it. So when you get into like a TSC situation, now we got to crank our cadence. You know, those reps have got to be happening quickly uh, with full lockout. With a snatch test, you have more time. You can you can go at a lower cadence, uh, and your tempo can be different. And you know, separating out the difference between cadence and 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 tempo. Um, tempo is like a within rep 
measure mm-hmm. cadences, how close together those reps are happening. Um, and so, you know, and, and if I just mess that up, somebody email us and let us know. Yeah. We um, won't even return the call. So it's fine. <laughs> so that's another way density gets, gets manipulated. Uh, when you're looking at something like a snatch test or, or, or something like that. Uh, one of the brilliances of the ax protocols is, you know, when you're doing these five reps, top of the minute, um, I actually, if I'm doing five reps, top of the minute, I want to see how much of that 10 seconds of work that I have on my little interval timer. I want, to, I want to see how long I can still be swinging within that 10 seconds. And there's a lot of times where I hike it on the first beep and I'm setting it down on the last beep. And so those five reps can take upwards of close to 10 seconds. So that's a that's a, a nice float. I'm getting what Pavel talks about in the book as far as this nice little micro rest in between the reps. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about is, is iron cardio. Because uh, when I started laying everything out and I looked at time constrained versus work constrained, um, those are different ways to look at density. You're kind of looking at the same thing, but kind of not. Uh, so, you know, you set a 20 minute time frame. This is how I recommend everybody get started. Set a 20 minute time frame. See how many sets you accomplish in the 20 minutes. If you're like sub 20, you might actually need to go lighter um, and pick a less challenging variation. If you're doubling the time in sets, accomplishing 40 sets or more in that 20 minutes, you probably need a heavier weight or a more challenging variation because your density is getting a little too high. There's not enough rest uh, in that. Work constrained, pick a number of sets, 30, 40, 50, whatever, um, and see how long it takes you. One of those is going to gel with you better uh, in, in, in different ways. So um, that that's another way to look at density uh, within the the iron cardio and Pavel talks about it in the in the axe book. Strength aerobics does live on the ANA spectrum, uh, the anti glycolytic spectrum, and and so it's a, another way uh, to look at at density. So yeah, all things density. I like it. Density is good. An old wooden ship. No, that was diversity. Remember, uh, remember <laughs> in uh, Anchorman. Uh, I, I know what diversity diversity is an old wooden ship um anyways sorry um anchor man quotes are bad rabbit hole yeah they really are they really are um and then when you go on youtube and then you go and look at the step brothers bloopers it's even worse it's it's not good or the office some of the office bloopers are pretty good too but anyways um dr jones we're gonna see you in a couple days here anything you want to uh say before we we get rolling here we're no, getting, not looking, rolling, get off. We're not really getting rolling. We, we, we rolled. We rolled. We're now stopping the roll. We are. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to being up there. Um, you know, when you put together information on intensity, volume and density, um, because we've talked about them a little bit in isolation. Now you got to put all three of them together and you got to understand how your intensity impacts your volume, impacts your density. Um, and so you know, it, the, it becomes three dimensional chess, not just, uh, checkers. So, uh, enjoy. Love it. All right. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate your support. Do us a huge favor and give us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to. And we'll see you on the next episode. Hey friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. 
please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.